excited about Christmas, not, not in the sense of what it stands for, but, but all, the, all the, the frustration in, in going and shopping and such as that. And, and most people feel like they have an obligation to, to meet a certain standard. And, uh, you know, we, we see people, and if you, I, I know I said this the other day that me and my wife decided to go Black Friday shopping. I'll put it this way. I decided to go black shopping, black shopping, no, black Friday Christmas shopping and, and, uh, Black Friday and, and you know, it was raining. It was nasty. It was a nightmare. And, uh, I, you know, I, I thought when I, when I got to wake, I thought, what was wrong with me? What was I thinking? What did, did I have a moment? That, uh, that we went years ago and said we'd never do it again. And uh, so I don't know, uh, Cabela's was throwing some good deal, or Cavender's and Cabela's. I thought, well, I'm going to go to Cavender's and I'm going to go in there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find me some good deals. And uh, and I was all happy. I mean, I was happy. I was excited. I'm going to go find the deal. I got out of my car, went through the rain, got in there, and I walked into Cavender's and I looked and went, oh, my God. Everybody decided in Waco to come to Cavender's on today. And so I walked in the store. I walked to the back of the store. I walked out the door and walked out the door. And, uh, the lines on both sides of the, on the both sides of the cash register was all the way to the back, all the way to the back. And I thought, there's no way. I'll spend 50 or 60 more dollars on something before I pay this. So I thought, well, I go to a little better place. I'll go to, uh, uh Cabela's. So I walked around the corner. I went in Cabela's and I walked in there and said, Oh my God, the other half of Waco came here. <laughs> and I walk in there and I saw I walk in the back. I walk around there and here's the deal. In Cavender's, if you've ever been in, I mean, Cabela's, if you've ever been in Cabela's, the cash register up here and they had little trails and they had people, I'm talking about all the way around the store in a line. And I said, well, I got in the car, I walked in the car, and I got in there with Linda, and I said, let's go eat and go home. <laughs> and so that's what we did. We met, I think, Stacy and them, and they was in Waco, and we went and ate lunch and went home. And you know, the thing about it is, is, is Christmas, to many people, does not have the meaning that what it has for people who believe in Jesus, Christians. And we see in the day in which we live right now, basically even the world itself is trying to mark Christ out of Christmas. They, they don't want to have Christ in Christmas. It, it bugs me to see a sign on a, a storefront or something like that that says Merry Xmas because all they're doing is trying to X Christ out. I, I, I don't want shopping though. And the thing about it is, is if it weren't for Jesus, there would be no Christmas. If it weren't for the birth of Jesus that we celebrate, there would be no Christmas. We would not be celebrating this day or this month. Actually, Christmas starts, I mean, people start shopping months in advance, some of them and such as that. And, and sometimes people get, people at this time of year, I've, I've, I've found out a lot of people this time of year, it's a depressive time for them. The holidays, they're depressed. They're, they're just miserable because, uh, many of them, I know, uh, uh, people, different ones I know that they're, they're miserable because one of their loved ones not with them this year. Or they're, they're, they're something's happened or something's went on. So they just wish the holidays would hurry up and get through with. And let's get these holidays over with. Let's, let's get, I'll be so glad to get back to normal. Listen, celebrating Jesus should be normal for a believer every day. 
Not just during December, not, not just uh, uh, in certain times of the year, Easter and such as that. Someone made a remark one time when, uh, you know, they, you know, the world's mentality uh, of Christmas is like people just added Jesus in there. They just added Jesus in there. Well, it's all about Jesus. Amen. And then when Easter comes along, somebody made the statement like this. Well, they're even trying to put Jesus in Christmas. I mean, in Easter. Well, how many knows what Easter is? It's the day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. He's in there. And so, you know, I want to talk to you just a couple of few minutes. And uh, John chapter 3. And uh, I, feel, I feel like it's so important that we, those of us that know it, we need to constantly remember, be reminded of this. John 3.16, I think everybody in this place could quote it. If I ask you, you'd probably quote it. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And I'm telling you, the, the everla- there's everlasting life. Let me, let me say this. There's not a person here. God never intended for man to ever... Death was never a part of his plan for man. God created man to live forever. And, of course, we know all the circumstances, situations that caused sin to come in and and man died. And so, but God sent Jesus that we could have everlasting life, that we could live forever. Let me me put this way, not live forever because everybody's going to live forever. Uh, You're an eternal spirit. You're an eternal being. You're never going to cease to exist. You will always exist. You get to choose where you're going to exist at. And so... If you believe in Jesus, the Bible says you'll have everlasting life. If you don't believe in Jesus, you'll have everlasting damnation, basically is what it says. And so the thing about it is we get to make that choice here on the earth. Jesus gave us a gift. God gave us a gift, His Son, Jesus Christ. All we have to do is believe on Him. But I want to talk just a minute about verse 17. Because a lot of times we, re, we people quote uh, 3.16, God so loved the world, but they don't quote verse 17 that's right after it. It said, for God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him the world might be saved. He did not send Jesus to condemn the world. You know, Jesus, God is not condemning us. I said, God's not condemning us. The ones that condemn us more than anybody else is ourselves. Did you know that? Sometimes when we mess up and we make mistakes, we will go on a guilt trip and we'll sit there and we'll just beat ourselves over the head and beat ourselves over the head and beat ourselves over the head and say, God, how can God love me? How can God care about me? How can God uh, do anything for me? Because I've made such a, a mess of my life. Let me, let me just say this and help everybody here this, mo- this morning. There's not a person in here that has not messed up royally. In fact, every single one of us when we was born, we were born a sinner. There was no righteous people born except Jesus. Every one of us was born a sinner. And I'm telling you something, in order for you to get your, 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 the righteous status that God said you want, you, you could have, the Bible says, uh, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And the thing about God is, He's not condemning us. In fact, it, there's a difference in condemnation and conviction. The Holy Ghost will convict you to get your heart right with God. He will do that. In other words, you will, uh, when you start feeling, well, I feel bad about what I did. Why? Because that should bring you to God and to repentance. But the thing about it is, if we, if we understand, we understand the gift of Jesus Christ, we understand he was born, uh, in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes, a wrapped up gift from God. 
And the thing about it is, a, a part of what I want you to know today is a, a, a tremendous gift that God has given us is called forgiveness. That God forgives. David said this in Psalms 103, verse 2. He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of all His many, many benefits, for He forgives every one of our iniquities. He forgives all our iniquities. And I'm telling you, he under, David understood something. God is a forgiving God. God forgives us when we mess up and make mistakes. Listen, King David made some uh, royal mistakes, but he understood that God was a forgiver. And if he would ask God, God would forgive him. And God does exactly that. Listen to me. We got to understand something about our own lives and, and uh, 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 the fact that every single one of us is apt to make a mistake. You know, I look at it like this. I'm not, I don't get up in the mornings looking to fail. But if I do, I have an advocate. I have Jesus that if I ask him, he'll forgive me. Are you hearing me? The thing about it is, I, I like to look at it like this. When I, I, I was born again at 21 years, I think it's 21 years old when I gave my heart to Jesus. When I gave my, I'm talking about when I gave my life to Jesus. Are you following? I'm talking about giving my life to Jesus. Now, when I was a teenager, I said a prayer with somebody. and uh, Somebody asked me and my brother, my brother sitting here and several others, and uh, asked us uh, uh, if we would like to make uh, meet Jesus. And, of course, we were, yeah, that's fine, whatever. They said, well, pray this prayer after us. And we prayed it. We prayed it. I said it. It didn't change nothing about me. It changed nothing about me. I didn't change a bit. I was still uh, running, doing the same. I mean, my life was still headed, uh, my head life was headed for destruction. And I'm telling you something. Here's, here's the deal. When I prayed that prayer with them, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. I didn't believe what I had prayed. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 9 and 10, if you'll confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again, you would be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In other words, to be born again and to get your name written in the Lamb's book of life, you not only have to say something, you have to believe what you say. And that's where we miss it sometimes. There's not a heart and a mouth connection. Listen, I've thought about this so many times in my own personal life. I made that, I prayed that prayer, said what them girls told us to say. It didn't mean nothing to me. I had a motorcycle wreck at 17 years old. They didn't expect me to live through it and make it through it. They expected me to die. And I'm telling you something. I have, I have, I have shuddered many times knowing that if I'd have died that day, I'd have went to hell. Because I didn't believe what they told me. But when I turned 21 years old, or uh, of course I married Linda, and uh, Linda, uh, uh, you know, neither one of us was serving God. I didn't even know God, who God was, Jesus was. and uh, But she had been backslidden, and she started serving God. And, and she started going back to church after we got married. And I was never opposed to her serving God or anybody serving God. And uh, so I was all for it. I was fine with that. But as long as it was uh, her... And, uh, but you know, she'd come back and she'd ask me to go to church and she'd ask me to go to church and I'd, I'd tell her no, real client, no, I'm not going to church. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to go to church. And, uh, and she would, she wouldn't push me. She wouldn't push me. And, uh, and, uh, uh, one day she said, uh, Randy, would you please go to a Dallas home and, and praise concert with me in Waco? Would you go with me? And I, I, I reluctantly, I said yes. I didn't want to go. I was mad. I was upset. I didn't want to go. 
And so I drove there, upset the whole way. Linda probably wish you I'd have never, never asked me to go. And so we got there, and I'm telling you, when I got in that, uh, 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 it was in a, the Waco uh, Convention Center, and when we went in there, when I walked in there, sit down, Dallas home and praise, they started saying, God started working on me. I said, God started working on me. I'm telling you something, God is working on you. I tell you, he'll work on you right now. I'm telling you, listen, why, why does God work on you? Because he loves you. God works on you because somebody's praying for you. God's working on you because He don't want you to see you perish, but He wants to see you have eternal life and spend eternity with Him in heaven. And I'm telling you, when I sit there in that, that concert that night, and, and uh, I sit there and I was twitching and wiggling, and I think, oh my God, uh, what is bothering me so bad? And uh, all of a sudden they gave an altar call at the end. I'm telling you, it, it was almost like a magnet was trying to pull me up there. I'm telling you, I sit in that chair, and uh, but but Josh, I stuck in that chair. I, I, I'm, I'm staying right here. I'm not going forward. I'm not going up there. And there was everything every, every, just pulling me up there. And I just, I, I mean, Elijah, it was all I could do to sit in that chair. But I did it. I did it. And I walked out of that service that night and I went home. I wasn't mad when I went home because God changed something and he did something. He was working on me. Let me put it that way. I, I remember a, a preacher friend of mine and, and, uh, and uh, a buddy of his, which I know both of them, old cowboys, they were riding horses one day and, and one, uh, uh, Scotty, he, he looked over at Jack and he said, Jack, I wish God would leave me alone. And Jack looked at him and he said, you better pray to God. He never leaves you alone. That man got saved and became the biggest soul winner in his church. I'm telling you. And so God, we, I went home and, and, uh, I, I wasn't, uh, uh, you know, I, I couldn't get away from it. I couldn't get away from the fact that, I, uh, 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 what God was doing and working in my life. I couldn't get away from it. And one day I was at home and we lived out in the country and, and I liked to fish and I, I took a rod and reel in my hand and, and I was going to a, a, a tank that was on that property and I walked out on that property and I'm telling, let me tell you something. God didn't quit working on me because I left that convention center. He started working. I was working offshore back then in the oil field and, and I, I, I went out there and God started speaking to me. The Holy Ghost listened to me. Let me say this and, and uh, I didn't know what the voice of God was like. I didn't know who God was. All I know, he, I was hearing something on the inside. Uh, you know, it almost sounded like it was audible. It almost sounded like I could literally hear it with my, these ears. And so I'm walking, listen, you're, you're, you might laugh at what the Holy Ghost started speaking to me and how he started talking to me because God had to talk to me. I said, God had to talk to me. God talks to you the way he wants to talk to you. He talked to me the way he wanted to talk to me. And so I was walking around out there and here's what the, here's what the Holy Ghost said to me over and over again. He said this, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Well, I'm smart enough to know what a goose and a gander is. They're birds. And so I kept walking around. I, and, and listen, I never even cast my rod. I never even put it in the water. I'm walking there and I kept hearing what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I knew God was saying, what's good for your wife is good for you. What's good for your wife is good for you. What's good for your wife is good for you. And I'm telling you, I fell on my knees out in that pasture that day. And I lift my hands to God. Not having no idea what I'm doing. All I know is God's dealing with me. He's dealing with my heart. He wants me. I said, he wants me. He wants me as his own. 
And I bowed my knee that day, and I didn't know how to pray a prayer, uh, a sinner's prayer. I didn't know what to say. All I said was, Jesus, if you're real, come into my life and change me. And I'm telling you, he did. That day, Randy Ayers got saved. That day, something happened on the inside of me that changed my life forever. Forever. Because, see, I didn't just say a prayer. I believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believed that He died and rose again from my sins. And I believed this. I knew nothing about the Bible. I knew nothing about the Word of God. I had no idea what the Bible said. But I felt like something lifted off of me, that something left me and something entered me and gave me a better life. I had no idea. And that's the love and the forgiveness of God. Listen, I didn't have to sit with God and name all of my sins and all of my wrongs because when I asked Jesus into my life, the precious blood of Jesus, the Bible says, will wash your sins away. Every single one of them. Listen to me. Listen to me. From the time that you make that prayer, everything in your past gets completely washed away by the blood of Jesus. I'm talking about it don't matter how bad it was. I'm telling you what, you don't have to sit and ask and beg God to forgive you what happened 20 years ago. That blood was strong enough to go back 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. It didn't really matter. I'm telling you, that blood is still as strong today as it was 2,000 years ago when it was flowing down that cross at Calvary. Are you hearing me? And I knew that I had been forgiven. I knew that God did a work in my life. And I'm telling you, I went back to the house and I told Linda, I got saved. And I got a Bible. And I started reading the Bible. I started reading the Bible. And then I started finding out what happened. I started finding out about Jesus. I started finding out about what He would have out of my life. I started finding these that I just got so hungry for the Word of God. I desired the Word of God so... I mean, Linda Linda tells, tells it like that. She said, I used to follow her around all the time asking her questions about the Bible. Just following around, asking questions, reading the Bible and such. And listen, when you get born again, there's a, there, there's a change in you. There's a change in you. When you get born again, there is a change in you. I said, there's a change in you. People said, I didn't feel nothing when I got saved. That's all right. If you believed it and confessed it, you got born again. Jesus came in your life. But I felt that I had been born again. I felt something happened in me. I felt the power of God in my life. I felt it. And I don't go by feelings. You know this. If you sit around and hear me preach, we're not going by feelings. Your feelings will change from minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day. But I tell you what, the Word of God will never change. The Word of God will never change. So I found out this. God forgave me. And so this is after I started reading the Word of God, I found out God forgave me. God forgave me of all my sins. Hallelujah. Anybody in here feel the same way? Had your sins forgiven. You asked God to forgive you and He did. And you know something else? He's not trying to keep you out of nothing. He's trying to pull you into everything He's got. I don't know how how your life's been going, but God wants it to go good. Jesus said in John 10.10, He said, The thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that you may have life and that you may have it in abundance or more until it overflows, the Bible says in the Amplified. God wants you to have a good life. God wants you to have it. I'll tell you what, my life's been good. We've had our struggles. We've had our times. We've had all kinds of things happen in our life. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't take anything for what uh, my relationship with Jesus Christ and what God does in my life. 
And then here I am, a pastor of a church. And I couldn't even eat in front of my in-laws. I was so shy. And God called me to preach. Ah, my, my, my. I thought, oh, Lord, you missed it when you called me. You missed it. You missed it. You missed it. I'm not, I can't do this. I, I can't talk in front of people. But God makes a difference in your life. God makes a difference in your life. See, God wants you, all of you, not part of you. Some people will give God parts. You can have this of me. You can have that of me. God says you got to serve him with all your heart, soul, spirit, and mind. Amen. Every bit of you. And when you come to know Jesus Christ, he'll wipe the slate clean in your life. And I'm telling you, from that point on, you are a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You literally become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Many people have a hard time with that, but 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he who knew no sin was made to be sin for you, that you might become or be made the righteousness of God in him. People will buck that sometimes. They say, well, how can you say you're righteous? Righteousness means this, right standing with God. And you can get no more righteous than you are right now when Amen. you get born again. You'll get no more. You can say, I'm going to try to get more righteous. You can't get any more righteous than you are. Righteousness is what you are. You're the righteousness of God.